Hi guys, last week's Spider-Man recording ended up being such a behemoth that we decided to split it in two. If you haven't heard part one, check it out. It'll give this episode a fair bit of context. If you have heard it, settle in because this is part two. I'm afraid this is still part of the first batch of episodes we recorded, so the audio on Connor's side is still not great. But as I say, that does improve later on in this series. Here we go, Spider-Man. So, so, so Spider-Man 4 was also Sam Raimi. Yeah, yeah. It was going to be Sam Raimi directing Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, sorry, I believe it's pronounced. All the major cast members were going to be coming back. I think he was working with the same writing team, largely, that had been involved with some of the other films. Uh, and like I say, it was being it was being developed concurrently with Spider-Man 3. And, and there was a real sense, basically, because Sam Raimi certainly felt that Spider-Man 3 was a failure. He, he was certainly not happy with it. Uh, each and every one of those Spider-Man movies were pretty damn challenging. I love playing in horror, but working in that big budget arena with so much is at stake, with much beloved characters that Stan Lee created, and people really hold them so dear to them that you don't want to mess up, and I messed up plenty uh, with the third Spider-Man. Just uh, a, be- a movie that didn't work very well. You know, I had a lot of... I tried to make it work, but um, didn't really believe in all the characters, and so that can't be hidden from people who love Spider-Man. If a director doesn't love something, it's wrong of them to make it. So people, you know, hated me for, for years. They still hate me. They give, you, they give you shit for that? All the time. Yeah. Why? What do they say? Um, we hate you. <laughs> Spider-Man 3 was a film that dealt with a hell of a lot of uh, studio interference. It was a, a film Sam Raimi wanted to make about the Vulture villain that he liked, mm-hmm. uh, who was the character Michael Keaton played in the most uh, recent new take on Spider-Man. Birdman. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Sam Raimi wanted to do Vulture, but everyone was like, Vulture? That's a shit villain. Do Venom. Venom <laughs> is the, certainly was the most popular Spider-Man villain, and Sony were like, you've got to do Venom. Do you not realise how many... Avi Arad was like, do you not realise how many toys... We can make a Venom. <laughs> yeah, Sam Raimi basically was was pretty depressed, I think, with how Spider-Man 3 f- turned out. He didn't want to put Venom in it. He was pressured into it by the by the companies involved. He did want to put Sandman in it, but, you know, Sandman got kind of sidelined. For There were just a lot of compromises made, including a release date being imposed on him that was pretty unreasonable given all the changes and delays and so on and so spider-man 4 was really being approached by sam raimi as right this is my chance to make an apology film this is my my chance to kind of make up for that but and and to you know to give him credit i believe sony allowed a delay to spider-man 4 two or three times they delayed the release date to allow them to get rewrite the script and make it work because sam raimi just wasn't happy with it and he was very much taking an approach of look we've got to get it right this time we, we started filming before the script was properly finished last time 
Look how that turned out. And it got to a point where he was like, look, I can't make this film for this release date. In fact, I think he said, look, I know you've got a a reboot on the shelf (laughs) as a kind of nuclear option, so just do that. And apparently it was all very amicable, but I don't know. That's that's what they say. And I remember the I remember the news being announced like overnight. It was Spider Man Four cancelled, not happening. Sam Raimi's left over creative differences. The entire cast have walked as a result of Sam Raimi leaving. Sony have put a reboot, The Amazing Spider Man, into production based on a script by James Vanderbilt who was also working on on Spider-Man 4 but it's it's such a shame because there there was a lot of talk that made me very excited i i i'm a huge fan of the evil dead franchise for anyone who doesn't know that uh of course directed by Sam Raimi and he thrives when he's making horror films uh as you can see in Spider-Man 2 in the wonderful scene where Doc Ock's surgery goes wrong and it turns into a horror movie for a couple of minutes it is mad how many writers get brought in on projects like this i mean just the ones we know about uh that were working on Spider-Man 4 were David Coep who is a, a Hollywood heavyweight he also is the credited writer of the first Spider-Man a very dependable pair of hands from a studio point of view but they had rewrites done by David Lindsay Abair Gary Ross uh, and this James Vanderbilt guy who was also hired to write scripts for Spider-Man 5 and 6 that were also being planned at this time. Jesus. But yeah, I, I as I was saying about horror, I, I was gutted when Spider-Man 4 got cancelled because at the time it was looking, there were rumours that they might go down the route of having Morbius be the villain. Morbius the living vampire. I don't know if that means anything to you. Uh, I'm going to give Morbius a quick bing here. They are making a film currently, a, a follow-up to the questionable Venom spin-off with Tom Hardy. All right, yeah. A standalone villain film about Morbius the living vampire starring Jared Leto. This is much more up Sam Raimi's street. Basically, Morbius is a vampire. He's, he's what Spider-Man is to spiders, but with a vampire bat. He, he's a science experiment gone wrong fused with vampire bat DNA and it gives him all these vampiric powers but he has to feed on the blood of people and so forth and it, it the idea of that being done by Sam Raimi was just yeah. it would have been incredible sadly I don't think that was anything beyond rumour really uh, it, it, it seems now with all this hindsight and bits of concept art that have dripped out um, in fact recently uh, they discovered uh, a very early build of the Spider-Man 4 official tie-in video game on a developer's Wii, Nintendo Wii system that was found in an attic or something. But anyway, there was a lot of talk of doing the lizard as the villain, because Dr. Kirk Connors... So he's in Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. So this would have been his time to shine and, and go through as Morbius, right? Or Mobius. Dylan Baker was in Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3. I can't remember if he's in the first one or not. As Dr. Kirk Connors, a um, uh, a college professor, a sort of mentor figure to Peter Parker, uh, who, who has one arm. And in the comic books, he turns into the villain, the lizard. And they were obviously teasing him all the way through to ultimately turn into a villain, which it was such a shame because that actor was great and had a nice rapport with Tobey Maguire. And and basically there was a lot of talk of him finally being turned into the lizard in an attempt to regrow his arm. He, he put some lizard DNA in his body and it all goes wrong. 
Uh, and that would probably have been a big part of Spider-Man 4. Ultimately, that got turned into the reboot, The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, John Malkovich was in negotiations to play the Vulture as the film was ultimately coming together. So we're, we're in 2009 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Malkovich as the Vulture would have been interesting. And Anne Hathaway was also being cast around this time to play Felicia Hardy, who becomes the Black Cat, who's kind of like Catwoman and Batman, sort of a not-quite-villain, more of a in-betweeny, anti-hero mm-hmm. kind of character. I mean, this was thrown around as a joke back then, but apparently it's since been confirmed. The the guy who did the storyboards for the films, I think, released his storyboards onto the internet uh, at some point. Now, remember Bruce Campbell being in Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3? Yes. Uh-huh. He does cameos in lots of Sam Raimi stuff, right? Yeah, and he, he was a big fan-favourite part in all those films, playing uh-huh. a kind of obnoxious idiot, but it was a big cameo. There was a lot of talk of him playing Mysterio, jokey talk on the internet, which Jake Gyllenhaal just played in the most recent Spider-Man film. Um, oh, I know where you're going with this. Isn't he a bellboy in a theatre or something? Or like, Yeah, in, in Spider-Man 1, he's the guy announcing the wrestling competition that Peter Parker goes to who gets his name wrong. What's your name, kid? The Human Spider. The Human Spider, that's it? That's the best you got? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. The sum of $3,000 will be paid to the terrifying, the deadly, the amazing Spider-Man! My name's the Human Spider. In Spider-Man 2, he's the usher at the theater. He won't let him in. Sure. Yes, that's that's what I'm thinking of. And yeah. then in Spider-Man Three, he's a, a an annoying French chef at their French restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and in Spider-Man Four, this is now officially confirmed. He was set to play Mysterio in a kind of pre-opening oh jokey scene. They were going to have Mysterio being arrested, taken into into jail, played by Bruce Campbell, which would have been wonderful to see, uh, especially if you think that it's the same character in all four films. Like, he finally... He's, he's thrown around from job to job, and then he snaps one day and, <laughs> and uh, becomes Mysterio. Uh, anyway, the idea was for uh, Vulture to buy out the Daily Bugle, uh, Felicia Hardy to be his daughter. There was going to be a whole thing with, you know, the romance between Peter Parker and Mary Jane. There was going to be an affair with them. So a, a lot of stuff here that did ultimately come into Spider-Man Homecoming when they did do the Vulture. There's obviously the same father-daughter dynamic. And I don't know, I, I was gutted when it got cancelled. But And Raimi, Raimi went through four major versions of the script with different writers and still, in his words, hated it. <laughs> and I don't, I don't blame him because if that was the version of the film, it was going to be about Vulture and a an affair between Peter Parker and and uh, Mary Jane and Felicia Hardy. Like I, I don't know. It just it doesn't sound all that exciting. <laughs> but I think Sony's ultimate move to just out and out reboot and do the same film again, remake Sam Raimi's Spider Man very badly, was a terrible idea. They should have just made. Spider-Man 4, but, like, brand new director, brand new cast, like James Bond. Yeah, it's like, but but all these things are money decisions, you know, so, I mean... Yeah. Another film that was being seriously thrown around off the back of Spider-Man 3 was a Venom spin-off uh, starring Topher Grace. 
as Eddie Brock slash Venom. <laughs> Everyone's favourite part of Spider-Man 3. And and Raimi, I should add, was just never interested in Venom. Because Venom... Sam Raimi was a Spider-Man fan, but he was a fan from the Spider-Man media he took in growing up. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously from a certain generation. And Venom was a much more modern addition to... Yeah, Venom appeared kind of late in the in this series. Didn't yeah, he? Venom, I think... I want to say Venom was added in the 80s, but really took off in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, 1988 was his debut as a character uh, in Spider-Man's 300th issue. <laughs> he, he's known for being quite harsh you know he's he's basically sam raimi surprisingly the director of evil dead wasn't very interested in making such a a harsh inhuman villain anyway uh there were plans for a venom spin-off in 2007 which was um spider-man 3 had had just come out but obviously this never happened but they were actively developing a a venom spin-off alongside spider-man 4 which was kind of an attempt to copy what x-men was doing at the time with their wolverine spin-off that was in development and so on mm-hmm. uh years later the the um idea came up again sony hired some new people to work on a new venom movie they were still talking about bringing topher grace back to play the role which was very odd um <sighs> a lot of what sony does is very odd frankly yeah like i don't have an opinion on that because i don't have an opinion on topher grace i mean it's like i'm looking at him now and it's like i'm i i binged him there and i'm looking through all these photos of him <laughs> and all i see is just gray he's actually I-, I like topher grace i think he's actually a very good actor but he's only really started to prove that in the last few years uh-huh. he-, he did a whole load of like money based decision projects for a while and then he reached a point where he was sort of like actually I want to do proper films and then he did Black Klansman last year I don't know if you saw that oh yes excuse me okay yeah slap me I'm wrong that's great he is in that yeah yeah he was he was very good in that and he was in Black Mirror a kind of Steve Jobs role which was pretty good uh-huh. he is actually pretty decent I'm looking through his stuff now I just couldn't remember I'd seen him I think everyone felt like you before Black Klansman so <laughs> Including uh, including Spike Lee, from what I've heard. I, I think he had to really, really push for that role and do a lot of auditioning, and it was only because his agent was also Spike Lee's agent, and she broke the cardinal rule. She said she would never normally do this, never did do it, but she just knew he was right for the role. And she said, look, can I just put him forward? Just screen test him. I'll never do this again. Sorry to even bring it up. And he was like, okay, I trust you. I've worked with you for many years. And yeah, he was fantastic in that film. So um, so anyway, there, there were there were various Venom movie scripts written by various people. And that was being reworked for ages. And at some point it ceased uh, to have any connection to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films and just sort of turned into a standalone Venom movie. I haven't seen that yet. It's supposed to be okay, right? Venom, the, the recent Venom. I went to see it at the cinema and I had a fucking blast watching it i had such a good time but it's not a good film (laughs) um it's it's just it was just baffling from start to finish it was it was very entertaining and well made in places and then other bits were just like venom at one point venom venom and tom hardy kiss (laughs) The, the 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 final action scene fighting the bad guy at the end who is basically like another evil more evil venom it's like watching some black clothes in a washing machine <laughs> and i don't know if you know eminem did a rap song over the end credits where he raps about 
what happened in the film, Will Smith style. <laughs> because they're gonna taste my venom. I got that Anyway, so they they announced Spider-Man was going to be rebooted, and then they did come 2012 when the Amazing Spider-Man was was coming out. Sony was still interested in doing a Venom movie, so now they wanted to tie it into the Amazing Spider-Man, and they they went into negotiations with Josh Trank, who was still a hot property back then because he hadn't made the Fantastic Four reboot that everyone hated yet. Um, and and yeah, they, they talked about doing an amazing Spider-Man Venom spin-off. Hey, if you like Development Hell, you might like this other show, Diminishing Returns, where I and another guy called Alan Turing take a guest on a weekly trip to Development Hell, not this show, the actual thing, to discuss a film, then pitch our own ideas for the sequel. And for fans of this show, we've had Connor Murray on at least three times, probably more by the time you hear this. Diminishing Returns is available via all reputable podcast suppliers. Just search for it wherever you found this show, or head to dimreturns.com. They were, they were trying to emulate Marvel at this point, who had the Avengers out this year, but they didn't really know what they were doing. They hired the J.J. Uh, Abrams guys, Alex Kurtzman, Roberto Walkie, uh, Ed Solomon, to write the film for Kurtzman to direct at one point. And there were plans for it to ultimately come out after The Amazing Spider-Man 3. Obviously, The Amazing Spider-Man, we got 1 and 2, but we never got 3. Three was planned. I I think it had a release date. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the Amazing Spider-Man two. Uh, uh, no, I I haven't. I mean, I got I got really just sort of frustrated with the amount of Spider-Man mm. that started to come out. I was just like, Jesus, you know. I mean, it was like Spider-Man, and and then the reboot happened, and then I didn't yeah. even see Spider-Man Homecoming on, on a point. Oh, of you, you should watch that one. No, 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 no. I have seen it, but I didn't oh, right. see it for a long time, just out of a point oh, yeah. of like trying to make a stupid pointless statement because I was like, I'm not going to watch another yeah. fucking reboot no, film that. that's been rebooted like three times in 15 years. So, yeah, I mean, if you if you do watch The Amazing Spider-Man 2, you will notice a hell of a lot of extraneous bullshit <laughs> that is blatantly setting up for spin-off movies, future movies. <laughs> you have, for example, uh, Felicity Jones, for example, playing Felicia Hardy, with one or two lines as a kind of receptionist sort of character, obviously being set up to play Black Cat down the line. There's this whole self-indulgent sequence near the end where we see all these villains and it's teeing up all these villains because they were developing a Sinister Six uh, spin-off movie about this sort of anti-Avengers team of villains. All these films were planned to be made without Spider-Man in them, which doesn't make any sense either. They wanted to be Marvel, and they had no understanding of why it worked with Marvel. <laughs> so they were developing Amazing Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 4, I believe, at one point. They were developing a Venom spin-off part of that. They were developing Sinister Six, uh, and they were developing they were developing a thing called Silver and Black, which was going to be a Black Cat and Silver Sable spin-off. They're two different characters, Black Cat and Silver Sable. And they were also developing, if you can believe this, an Aunt May spin-off. 
What 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 would what would be in an Aunt May? Like an old Aunt May or a hot Aunt May? I think it was young Aunt May prequel. I, best guess. No one quite knows what this was going to be, but I think the best guess was. Um, so in the Amazing Spider-Man films, they crowbar all this bullshit about Peter Parker's parents into the film. All this idea that his parents were like spies. <laughs> is kind of crowbarred into there. And I think the idea... that There was a whole load of cut material in the second one that was all about his, like, dad being a spy. It seems as though the plan was for there to be a prequel about Aunt May being a kind of sexy super spy before she became <laughs> And when this Venom film was being developed, it was called Venom Carnage, and the villain was set to be Carnage, who is basically the super evil Venom. There's Venom... And then there's, like, Venom's Venom, who is, like, the same exact thing, but even more evil. He, he's going to be the villain in Venom 2, in fact. He's he's basically Venom, but instead of being on a normal human host body, he's on, like, a serial killer's host body. Right. That's it for um, proper Spider-Man spin-offs. Sinister Six was something I was interested in purely because uh, Drew Goddard was attached to write and direct it at one point, who is a very interesting writer-director. I don't know if, what you make of Drew Goddard. Are you familiar with him? Cabin in the Woods. Holy shit. So directed Cabin in the Woods, writing in Martian, World War Z, Cabin in the Woods. Oh, that's that's fairly respectable. And there was, there was talk as well. They did plan at one point to tie in The Amazing Spider-Man to The Avengers in a really weird way. There was, like, legal talk uh, taking place to put the Avengers Tony Stark building from the Avengers, the tower that he has built, uh, into the skyline, into the background of, of the amazing Spider-Man's New York, which was would have been a terrible idea. Yeah, that, that would because... have fucked everything up. <laughs> because if you're saying that's set in the same world, it, it's like, well, why, is it, why are none of those... Firstly, why is this so tonally different and shit, but also... Why none of those other characters coming? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, that would have been a terrible decision. Remember, remember the interview. Uh oh, yes, Jim, the, Jim the, the film that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That really upset North Korea and led them to to hack. Oh, they hacked Sony Sony's right. emails. <laughs> well, yeah. The outcome of this was. Firstly, we learned what we all suspected, which is that no one producing Spider-Man movies has a fucking clue what they're doing. <laughs> they were just throwing shit at a wall. But there were some bizarre revelations from those emails. Uh, like I was um, on the ship when all those uh, when all those emails came out. Like what 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 did I miss? What was some of the big stuff that I missed? There was a, a an idea banded about between Amy Pascal, who is kind of the big producer of these films over at Sony when they were still there. And uh, Nick Shaw, he, he sent her an email, just a couple of rando thoughts. Uh, basically, he wanted to see millennial reboot Spider-Man, uh, <laughs> based on the millennial trend of taking part in extreme sports, like the Tough Mudder, Hot Power Yoga, Veganism, <laughs> etc., uh, as he said, millennials will often post quotes NBD on their social media after doing it, as in no big deal, also known as the quotes humble brag. Wondering if Spidey could get into that in some way. <laughs> they also wanted Spidey to get into EDM, electronic dance music. It's the defining music for millennials. Oh my. Wondering if there's an EDM angle somewhere with Spidey. His movements are beautiful, would be awesome with a killer DJ behind it. <laughs> Third bullet point. 
Snapchat just launched a, quote, story functionality, which is a sort of day in the life of me. They wanted Spider-Man to uh, have a, a Snapchat circle. Jesus. Yeah. So this is like, so this is what they think life is like. <laughs> Based on the emails we found out, uh, Kevin Feige was desperately, desperately trying to help out and make the amazing Spider-Man films work. You know Kevin Feige, yeah, of yeah. course, is the producer behind the Big Marvel Studios, so the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah. He had nothing to gain from making The Amazing Spider-Man 2 less of a shit show, <laughs> but he liked Spider-Man and wanted the character to be treated properly, so he gave them all sorts of feedback about how to make it work, even though it would have benefited him to let them fail. Uh, he, ga- he gave them, like, full-on notes about everything. We also found out that Channing Tatum was really keen to play Venom okay. at one point which was a, a weird choice. This was their casting list that they were putting together. And obviously, you know, this this sort of thing happens behind closed doors for any film. <laughs> so it's a bit unfair to point and laugh, but it's bizarre. Yeah. So the, in their email chain that was released, the, the dream casting that they were looking at for their Sinister Six film, Dr. Octopus, they were talking about Sean Penn, Denzel Washington, George Clooney, Daniel Craig... Colin Firth, Matthew McConaughey, Channing Tatum, Will Smith, Ryan Gosling, and Matt Damon. Oh, so that's man. basically what A-list actor <laughs> can you think of. Yeah. Sandman, they were going after Channing Tatum, Woody Harrelson, Tom Hardy, Jared Leto. Jared Leto, Amy Pascal also suggested could play Felicia Hardy, which <laughs> was a very weird thing. I, I don't know if that would have meant gay Spider-Man or what. But, uh, Jonah Hill, Sasha Baron Cohen, Javier Bardem, Shalto Copley, Joel Edgerton, Jason Clark, Chris O'Dowd, Michael Pena, Seth Rogen, Danny McBride. So they obviously got it, got it into their head, all oh, right, Sam Mann's going to be a bit of a joker. Yeah. going to have a comedian in the role. <laughs> they didn't know who they wanted them to play, but they also wanted Damien Bashir, Idris Elba, Francis McDormand, Jackie Chan, Brian Cranston, Ruth Wilson, and Rose Byrne to be in the film somewhere. So this is... I mean, I don't see much rhyme or reason to this. This is all different types of people, all different sort of specialties and stuff. Just yeah. Google top 50 Hollywood actors, and that's basically this list. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's Sony. Sony are, Sony had a reputation for being particularly like, what the fuck are they doing anyway? <laughs> but I think these emails really cemented it in everyone's head. It was baffling. There was talk in these emails of... So off the back of... Brian Singer being pulled into X-Men to come back and direct the Days of Future Past film. They were seriously talking about bringing David Coat back to write a film for Sam Raimi to direct, <laughs> to return to the franchise, which would have been bizarre. God, he's probably like, what the fuck? This thing is still, yeah. like... They were also talking about inviting the two of them to be creative overlords of the franchise, kind of like... Um, Joss Whedon was with Marvel early on, or or Zack Snyder was with DC for a bit, which again would be so weird because they weren't talking about them doing it for the films that they were directing. <laughs> they they wanted to put together a creative committee of writers uh, containing Coop and Raimi, but also um, I've only got surnames here because it's the email. I don't know who they're talking about. Someone Vaughn, someone Bendis, uh, Vince Vaughn, Straczynski. <laughs> Straczynski will be the uh, Stargate guy, won't it? Uh, Vaughn could also uh, be the guy that did Kick-Ass, no? Oh, God, it will be Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, you're right. And Todd McFarlane, who who had a big part in Venom in the 90s. 
uh, and they wanted to map out a 10-year plan. They the, In the email, it said, get multiple projects happening ASAP, including Sinister Six sequel. So not just Sinister Six, <laughs> Sinister Six sequel. Separate trilogy developed by uh, and overseen by Sam Raimi and or Coet. They were talking about having something called the Silver Age Spider-Man running as a separate trilogy to the current ongoing Spider-Man, which would have been a fucking head fuck. I mean, I know now they've got Spider-Verse going on at the same time, but it's animated. It's easier to have that going as a separate thing. Yeah, so it sounds like they, they had cottoned on to Marvel's plan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they're yeah. like, oh shit, okay, well, what do we have? Spider-Man. Okay, fuck it, that's it. We're getting yeah. a Spider-Man universe. And and the most baffling thing about it is that if they hadn't been such a fucking clusterfuck of people in suits, you know, holding board meetings and not getting shit done, um, Sony did have the rights to Ghost Rider, and they did have the rights to The Punisher. So they could have done their own little Marvel universe with a few characters. And and they also uh they also wanted to do a Spider-Gwen film. Um, ultimately Spider-Man 2, the amazing Spider-Man 2, was such a clusterfuck that they went, fuck it, let's just work with Marvel. They know what they're doing, we don't. And that's where we are now, with Marvel producing at least one more uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man Jesus, it, it, it never straightens out, does it? it? It starts with development hell, and then it finishes with development hell. <laughs> they arguably sort of paid homage to that, homage to that with... Uh, Spider-Verse, which which was just embracing the franchise's many iterations yeah. throughout the years. Spider-Verse is uh, of course very good. It's well fantastic. And they are making multiple sequels to that at the minute, so I expect we'll see one of them. Not so sure about the weird spin-offs. Is, is it the same guys? Them. The same duo? Yeah, I, I, they're, they're coming back for the sequel, but they are developing spin-offs uh, for Spider-Gwen and there's talk of doing stuff. At least with that, spin-offs would presumably be in the different universes and be very different if they do do them. Oh, yeah, I can get on board with it. Spider-Man. I, I would have said it was safe to assume that Sony were going to park their bizarre plans to make all these weird Spider-Man movies um, now that they're making Marvel Cinematic Universe Disney co-productions. But... I mean, they made Venom. <laughs> Maybe not. I, I don't know if you saw the really awkward press tour they were doing about Spider-Man Homecoming with Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal. So Marvel and, and Sony's two like producer people um, sat next to each other and, and they were sort of like, so what's going on with the Venom film? And, and uh, Kevin Feige's kind of like, well, you know, that's kind of a separate thing, nothing to do with what we're doing. And Amy Pascal was sort of like, yeah, but you know, maybe Spider-Man will turn up, maybe we'll uh, tie it into the... Well, those movies will all take place in the world that we are now creating for, for you know, for Peter Parker. I mean, it'll there'll be adjuncts to it, they may be different locations, but it will still all be in the same world, and they will be connected to each other as well. So there is a chance that um, Tom Holland as Spider-Man will pop up somewhere? There's a chance. There's always a chance. There's always a chance. <laughs> you can just see on his face this look of absolute fear. But obviously, she they were working under the assumption that Venom will come out, it'll be really good, and then they'll want to tie it into the Marvel universe. 
and it wasn't. <laughs> and they don't. I, I can't wait to see it. It's very entertaining. It'll be interesting to see if the sequel is similarly batshit insane, or Andy Serkis, of all people, is directing it, so it's gonna oh, be Oh, wow, weird. that's gonna be great. And there's, there's of course, a, a post credit scene setting up the sequel in the first one, which is the funniest fucking thing, because it's this whole thing about Carnage, the character, who they've cast Woody Harrelson to play, and he's there in jail in some like high top security prison in a straitjacket, and they've put the shittest ginger wig on him, this big <laughs> curly ginger wig. He says something like, when I get out of here, it's gonna be carnage. And it's like, oh god. And then Eminem kicks in. Venom! 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 I think we're done. I think that's Spider-Man through the ages. So yeah, thank thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. We look forward to you yeah. listening to us. Talking at you. We look forward to talking. Yeah, we look forward to talking at you. Not with you. You're not smart enough to talk with us. All right. <laughs> Until next time. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. You can find us at DevHellPod on most social media platforms. And um, why not, you know, rate, review, and subscribe to us on whatever platform you used to listen to this. Come back next week because we're going to go all highbrow as Connor tells me about the work or lack of, in this case I suppose, of Alfred Hitchcock. Ooh, good evening.